Well, today we're going to finish up talking about living with purpose. But before we get there, I just uh, wanted to say that you know, I wish that we could all be together, but I know that we can't right now because we just need to be exercised in the caution that needs to be exercised during this time. But we're going to trust that we're going to get through all of this and it is going to be okay. Well, as we talk about living with purpose, we've looked at several different things, that we've looked at this idea of the sweet spot of purpose, that that we have so many opportunities that are in front of us that that we're going to have to sort through them all to make sure that we're doing what we should be doing as we live on purpose, that that since God has a plan, that I have a purpose, that's something that, that all of us need to embrace, that since God has a plan... I have a purpose. And as we've looked at that purpose, we looked at at three big ideas that that if we could take and have all three of these in our life at once, that we would be doing these, we would find ourselves in the sweet spot of purpose. And that is, is that we would glorify God, that we would do good to others, and that we would have joy. That that's if we would have all of these, that, that where they would converge, that would be the sweet spot a purpose. We've looked at this idea of connected to purpose. Because when it comes to purpose, there's, there's something within all of us that wants to be doing something purposeful. And so we're either going to settle for what we would be able to do by this man-made idea, or we're going to search for God's idea for our life. And, and if we really want to understand that, that if we're going to understand what God's ultimate purpose is for our life, it comes down to just two things. One, that that we would know Jesus, that that we would know his son, and that when we know his son, the second thing is that we would make him known, that it's not enough for us to just simply know about the identity of who he is, That, that what we really need to do is we need to be able to know God, and we know that we know God when we are identified as his. We looked at this idea of personalized purpose, that, that beyond the generalities, that, that what happens, how can I have this, this personalized purpose with my life? And that when we look at this idea of personalized, personalized purpose, that in order to have a personalized purpose, that you have to be willing to pay more. And what do we have to be willing to pay more? We have to be willing to pay more attention to God. And it's when we pay more attention to God that we begin to find out what our personalized purpose is. Because understanding your purpose, God's personalized purpose for your life, is more about who you are than what you do. It's more about who we are than what we do. That that when we focus on who we are, that what we do comes more naturally. When we want to be able to understand our purpose in life, We just need to look at the the way that we've been uniquely designed, the way that we've been uniquely created. Because, see, it's that unique design that points to God's personalized purpose for our lives. We've been given different gifts and abilities and talents and skills and passions and cravings. And we need to look to those to discover our personalized purpose. And the third one we looked at was for every yes you say to God, it's going to draw you closer to your personalized purpose purpose. Last week, we looked at this idea of back on track. And, and looking at this idea, it, it's, it's true that every single one of us have blown it. Every single one of us, we end up doing something along the way that we get off track. And that, that, that we've got to look at that, and we've got to evaluate and go, hey, what, what, what am I going to do? And that's usually where we start. We ask this question, what am I going to do 
now that I've blown it. But I shared with you that there is a much better question that we could and should be asking. And that question is, what will Jesus do now that I've blown it? What will Jesus do now that I've blown it? And when you begin to understand the nature of Jesus, who he is and how he desires to restore us and rebuild us, that that's not a threatening question. It is a hopeful question to be asking, what will Jesus do now that I've blown it? That when we've blown it, that there's some things that we end up doing. That one of the things we do when we've blown it is we start to rationalize with rational lies. That these things that we just begin to believe that aren't even true, that, that that's what we do. That, that when we've blown it, we need to understand this, that, that Jesus' feelings for us, they haven't changed. That, that he still loves us and cares about us. He still wants us and longs to be with us. His feelings for us, they haven't changed. That when we've blown it, these mistakes that are brought to Jesus, they're met with mercy. They're met with mercy. It's not, not judgment, but it's with mercy when we bring these mistakes to him. And recovering from regrets, it's going to require repentance. That we're going to have to turn and, and get, get to where we're moving back toward Jesus instead of moving further from him. And the reason that we can do all of this is because Jesus, he conquered sin, he conquered death, he is the living Savior. And it's because he lives, it's broken lives that are brought to Jesus. They receive renewed purpose, even after we've blown it. And so we need to know that even after we've blown it, when we bring our lives to him, he gives us renewed purpose. And today... We're going to talk about trusting God with the details. Trusting God with the details of your life. You know, when, when you think about this word trust, it's just five letters that make up this word. But this word seems so much bigger than just these five letters that spell it out. So when it comes to trust, we all know this. That trust, it's so easy to lose. Easy to lose. But yet when it comes to regaining trust, it is a lengthy process when it is possible. That it doesn't always seem possible to regain trust, but it always seems possible to lose trust. If we look at this idea of trust, and we go, well, why, why is that something that can be so hard at times? It's because of this. If, if trust didn't involve risk, it wouldn't be considered trust. That if it didn't involve this risk, it, it wouldn't be considered trust because that's, that's where trust comes in. It's this sense of, well, I really don't know for sure. I don't really get to see how it's going to be, but I'm going to trust. And I think that when we look at this, because it's something that always involves a risk, I think it's why some people have trust issues. 
Some people just have these trust issues because they are risk averse. You're like, I, I, I just don't want to be around risk. I want sure things. I, and, and so it's hard. It's harder to trust. I, I think that there's some signs that you could see that might show that, that you have trust issues. Let me just share with you four different signs that might show that you have trust issues. One is you predict, you predict how people are going to betray you. And then you brag about being right when they do. That, that, that's, that's having a trust issue. Is that when you, when you say, hey, I, I just know, and you, you name it, and you identify it, you predict it, but then you begin to brag and keep telling others that you knew that is a sign of trust issues. Here's another one. You trust people. Well, how can that be a trust issue? You trust people that have proven over and over and over that they can't be trusted. But yet you find yourself trusting them. And you don't trust the people that have proven over and over that for the most part, they can be trusted. You keep your relationships shallow. That, that's a sign that you have trust issues. That you go, I, I just want people getting too close. I don't want them knowing too much. Because I don't trust that you won't reject me. That's, it's a sign of a trust issue. And here's the last one I'll share with you. That the genuine mistakes that people make, you treat them as a major breach of trust. It was just a, a genuine, simple mistake. But yet you treat it as this major breach of trust. Those are signs that you have trust issues. And trust issues with people lead to trust issues with God. That if you have trust issues with people, you're going to have trust issues with God. For example, people who haven't always acted in your best interest causes you to doubt that God has your best interest. Or here's another way that you can look at this. Because people have let you down, you're convinced that God is going to let you down. And this is one that I can't defend. I can't defend that because I actually believe that God is going to let you down. God's going to let you down. God's going to let me down. God's going to let us all down. But it's not because God's going to do anything wrong. It's not because God's not going to do what's best. What's going to happen is, is, is why God's going to end up letting us down is because there are going to be times that, that we want God to act in a certain way, to come through in a certain way, that we're convinced is the way that we want it. But God knows best that it's not. It shouldn't happen. And so when it doesn't happen, when he actually acts to protect us, it's letting us down. And so when God even acts in our best interest, we see that as letting us down at times. And then we say, I can't trust God, even though God's acting for our best interest. When I think about God and I think about what he's doing and, and how he acts for our best interest. 
that, that we need to be people, that we need to understand that, and, and that we need to respond accordingly. And I, I think about how this ends up playing out in life. In fact, I, I want to show it to you this way. That here's what we do. That I just want to represent it this way, that this, this little blue line on this rope, this represents our life here on earth. And, and what we end up doing so many times in life is that we end up, we focus all of our effort and our energy on this part of our life. But see, this part, the white part, the rest of the rope, what this is, is this represents eternity. And, and, and so since it represents eternity, it just keeps going and going and going because eternity will never end. But, but what we often do with life is that we go, hey, I, I, I'm mad at God because he let me down because of what I wanted right here. But where God is focusing his effort and his energy is God cares far more about our eternity than about just our temporary time here on earth. And that there are going to be times that God's going to let us down because things aren't going to happen the way we want them to happen in this lifetime. But it's because God is focused on a better lifetime. And it's the lifetime that never ends. It is eternity. And so we need to begin to trust God with the details of our life. Because God has eternity in mind, and everything that, that he wants to happen in this short lifetime has everything to do with the eternal lifetime that he has set in store for us, that he desires for us to be in relationship with him here so that we will be in relationship with him for all of eternity, that we shouldn't go through life just being consumed about this little bitty stretch that's here on earth. And so we need to begin to trust God with the details of our life. So in order to trust God, that you need to believe, here's three things that you need to believe in order to trust God. That you need to believe that he loves you. That God loves you. And if you can't get that belief, you're never going to trust him. That in order to trust God, you need to believe that he wants to help you. See, some people go, hey, I know that God loves me, but I'm not sure he wants to help me. And so it becomes a disconnect. There's a third thing that you've got to see this, that he loves you, that he wants to help you, and what? And that he has the power to help you. That he loves you, he wants to help you, and he has the power to help you. If, if you are short on these three, if you're not there, you aren't going to be willing to trust God with the details of your life. But if you can get to this place where you can believe that God loves you, that he wants to help you, and that he has the power to help you, then you can begin to trust God with the details. And the more that you trust God, the more you're going to discover that he is trustworthy. So I want to share five reasons to trust God 
with the details of your life. We're going we're gonna to look in Proverbs chapter 3, and we're going to find several things in here. And we're going to find these five reasons being established here. So reason number one, when you trust God with the details of your life, is it establishes the peace of God. It establishes the peace of God that, that trusting God brings you to a place where, where you have peace with God. When, when you trust somebody, you are at peace with somebody. The situation might not be peaceful, but you are at peace with that person. And so we, we trust God and it brings us to a place of peace. So in Proverbs chapter 3, we'll start in verse 1. And, and here we have this, this wisdom being poured out from, from a very wise, loving father to his children. Solomon, writing this and wanting his kids to understand. He, he says this, my child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Here's dad, and he's saying, hey, I'm going to share with you some things. These are crucial. And if you'll do these things, that you're going to live many years, and you're going to have a satisfying life. So number two is that you will have rewarding relationship. You will have rewarding relationships with others and God. Not, not just with others or not just with God. You'll, you'll have it with others and God if you will trust God with the details of your life. So this is something that we all need. So we all need these relationships that, that pick us up. So we all need these relationships that they, they cause us to feel loved and feel valued in this lifetime. We, we all need relationships that they're going to stand the trials of time. We all need these. And the best relationships, they're built on loyalty and love. That's what they get built on. It's, it's, it's loyalty and love. And, and, and we're going to see this. Look at this, verse 3. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder, like a necklace, that you would have this. Write them deep within your heart. Now, we don't literally get to do this, but we should understand in the depths of our heart that loyalty and kindness or loyalty and love, that these things would be what would direct us, what would be guiding us in our life. Verse 4, then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. What's going to cause that? It's, it's when you have this rewarding relationship with God and with others, with others and with God, but you're not going to get there unless you trust God with the details of your life. Reason number three, this is how you can know and do God's will. Trusting God with the details of your life, this is how you can know and do God's will. See, too many times we aren't willing to trust God with his general directions for our life. 
That, that God is he's laid out. We can look at our Bible. We begin to see how is it that we should be living our lives? How is it that we should be conducting ourselves? What, what should we do when it comes to a relationship with him? What should we do when it comes to a relationship with others? And there's these general instructions that apply to every single one of us. Too many times we struggle with those general directions. And when we struggle with them, we're going to struggle with following God's specific instructions for our lives. We have to trust what he's determined, what is best for all of us, the general, before we're going to be willing to trust what he has determined, what is best for each of us individually. Verse 5, he wrote this, Solomon. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. That, that, that we would do this. That, I'm going to trust God. But, but when it comes to trusting God, to, to what measure am I going to do that? With your heart. And you're going to do it with a full heart. And you're not going to depend on your own understanding. And trusting with our own understanding could very well be the biggest barrier that you have to trusting God with the details of your life. That, that, that you take and say, well, I've got common sense and I've got understanding. I'm going to do what I believe is best. And it can keep you from trusting God with the details of your lives. So fourth thing when it comes to a reason to trust God with the details of your life. You will be able to reach your full potential. I mean, th th that right there should just kind of cause us to go, okay, well, now I'm listening. Okay, well, you, you got my attention. Because trusting God with the details of your life, it, it'll allow you to live your life to your full potential. I mean, think about this. If I were to ask you, so you'd rather not reach your, your full potential, you would defensively say, no. Because we're not, no, I don't, I don't want to live and not reach my full potential. That it would be a yes. Do you want to reach your full potential? It would be a yes. Yes, I want to reach my full potential, everything that I am capable of. However, I'm concerned when it comes to that question that there would be a three-letter word that would follow. It's, it's probably the biggest three-letter word in our dictionary. That, hey, you want to live up to your full potential? Yes, yes, yes. But we follow with but. Yes, I want to live up to my full potential, but, and we let our but get in the way. That, that, that when we look at this, we go, but, but I, don't, I don't know what that looks like, so, so, so I can't. But, but I, don't, I don't know where to begin when it comes to living up to my full potential, so I, I guess I'm just stuck. But I, I don't know how when, when we look at this, but, but I'm, I'm not ready yet. I've got some other things I want to do before I'm going to get focused and really live up to my full potential. Don't let your butt keep you from reaching your full potential. But, but some of us, if we're really honest, it seems like the theme song of our life 
is I like big butts and I cannot lie. Right? It's, it's I like big butts and I cannot lie. It's, it's B-U-T-S, but, but it is. It's like, I like big butts and I cannot lie because it's these butts that keep me from living out my full potential. It keeps us from trusting God with the details of our life. That, that, that our big butts cause us to focus on this, this little tiny portion of our life that's here on earth when there's so much eternity that we should be concerned about with our lives. Some of us have a much bigger B-U-T than we have a B-U-T-T. We do. That, that it is our biggest but is a three-letter word. And we've got to move away from that. And the only way we're going to do it is by trusting God with the details of our life. So look at this verse 6. He's writing to his child. He's wanting him to know these things. He says, seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. There's no but there. There, there, There's absolutely no but there. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. And take notice, because you're still going to have to take the path. He's going to show you the path to take, then you have to move and you have to take that path. And here's the last one. It will be for your own good. Trusting God with the details of your life will be for your own good. It actually protects you. That when we're trusting God with the details and we begin to follow these general things that he's already revealed that we know, okay, this is what I should be doing, it protects us. And when we see how those protect us, it's going to be easier to tune in and figure out, God, what are those specific things that you have laid out for me? You can't put some kind of protection on your heart and expect that you're not going to be affected by the bad choices that you willfully make. That sometimes it just seems like that we just believe that there's some kind of condom for the heart. This is going to kind of protect us as I just kind of go and do whatever I want to go and do. But there's no condom for the heart. And we're not going to have that protection when we willfully go and do whatever it is that we want to do. And so we need to understand when it comes to trusting God with the details of our life, it will be for our own good. So he continued saying this. He says, 
Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. That, that very thing that, that stops us at times from trusting God, our wisdom, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything that you produce. That, 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 that give to him. And then he says this will happen. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. There's, there's this cause and effect that, that when you say, I'm going to make God the, the, the priority, I'm going to center my life around him, then we're going to get to reap great things because of that. Two last verses. He said, my child, don't reject the Lord's discipline. And don't be upset when he corrects you. God's, God's conviction, it doesn't feel good. It, it's, it's not like that we go, hey, let me kind of try that on. Let me go look in the mirror. Oh, yeah, that looks good. We don't like it. It's uncomfortable. It's painful. But it's meant to be Temporary. That we would understand this conviction of, of we're doing what we shouldn't be doing or we're not doing what we should be doing. And we get God's conviction. And we would take that conviction and we shouldn't be going, hey, I'm going to be mad, I'm going to be angry, I'm going to be upset, God. Because you... It's because he loves us. It's because he wants to help us. It's because he has the power to help us. That he convicts us. Verse 12, for the Lord corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child whom he delights. Let me ask you a couple of questions. First one is, what is God pointing at in your life? What, what, what's that thing? That thing that, that, that you know instantly, as soon as I ask this, you're like, going, yeah, God, God's been working on me. And, and, and you've been going, I, but I don't want you to work on me, God. I, I don't want you to work on that. Can, can you find something else, God? What is it that God is pointing to in your life? Are you willing to let him have it? He's pointing to it because he knows it's not what's best for you. He, he knows it, that it's holding you back. He, he knows it, it's, some, it, it's causing you to focus on what? Not, not on eternity. Not, not on everything. It's causing you to focus on the temporary. And so he's pointing at it. And he's saying, will, will, will you give that to me? Are you willing to let him have it? Because if you are, then that's going to be you beginning to trust God with the details of your life. And as you begin to trust him, you're going to start to see, wow, all of this matters. And there's so much more to life than what I sometimes get consumed by with just a little tiny segment of life. That if we'll trust God with the details of our life, our life will be better. And the reason 
that God desires to keep some things from you. He's pointing it out and he's, will will you let me have it? The reason that he's willing to keep some things from you, it's because he's saving you for something greater. He's saving you for something greater and you won't see it and you won't follow it. You'll get caught up in your butts and go, but, 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 if you'll hand it over to him, then you'll begin to see these something greater that God has in store with you, in store for you. Are you willing to trust God with the details of your life? Because if you are, then you're going to discover what it means to be someone who is living with purpose, living with the purpose that God has created you for. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, you certainly know these buts that we have that, that keep us at times from, from trusting you with the details of our life. God, I pray that as you point to things in our life that, that you know that those aren't the things that are good for us and they're keeping us from something greater. I pray that we'd be able to feel your conviction, that we would know your conviction, and God, that we would respond to your conviction. And as we hand that over to you, that we will be able to live this life with the purpose that you've created us for. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen.